0: this is the day. And now look at your second choice in the eyes and say, this is the day. Okay, so we've got that settled. Let's go to Psalm 18 together. Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endures forever. Let Israel now say his mercy endures forever. Let the house of Aaron now say his mercy endures forever. Let those who fear the Lord now say his mercy endures forever. The Lord is on my side. What can man do to I will not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is for me among those who help me. Therefore, I shall see my desire on those who hate me. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in princes. I'm going to go down to verse. 13, you push me violently that I might fall, but the Lord help me. The Lord is my strength and my song and He has become my salvation, amen. Verse 19, open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go through them and I will praise the Lord. This is the gate of the Lord through which the righteousness shall enter. I will praise you for you have answered me and become my salvation. And verse 24, this is the day that the Lord has made we will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. I pray, God, that everybody sitting in this room right now, everyone sitting under the sound of my own voice, whether in this room or online, would encounter truth this morning. Thank you that you're already here, that you tell us you inhabit the praise of your people, and we have brought praise in this house this morning. Thank you that you are here. I pray that your word would do what only it can do. Would you revive, would you redeem, would you restore in this place, amen? Amen, okay, so we're in November, hello. And I don't know about you, but I feel like it's been a year unlike any other. And whether you wanna face this or not, or if you're like the uber-positive type, you're like, no, 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 don't talk about how hard things are. We've been living in a state of post-traumatic stress. We were in a pandemic for two years. We were never going to just bounce back. It's like we forget that we were walking around like this for two years, kept from each other, kept from our normal, kept from our routine. We were never going to just bounce back. And as a pastor and as a leader, what I feel as I've had to do is, as I've assessed my own life and taken a step back and listened to the narrative around me, What I'm hearing consistently is, we've all felt a little lost. Deep down, if we want to get really honest, we've all felt a little lost. And the resounding cry of humanity right now is, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do with my marriage. It's hard. We don't seem to be connecting. We're not passing ships in the night with different agendas. I don't know how to find a common ground again. I don't know what to do with my kids. Kids these days. I don't know how to parent them when they're actually being parented by the media. I don't know what to do about my purpose. I've been doing this job for like maybe a month or maybe it's 10 years, maybe it's 50 years and it's just not making my soul come alive. I don't know what to do. For me personally, this has been a difficult year. a year unlike any other. I've got a friend and she often says sometimes things are easy peasy lemon squeezy. And other times they're Difficult, difficult, lemon difficult. I have had a lemon difficult year, if I'm honest. Grief and loss bombarded my life as an unwelcome guest. And I I have to be truthful and say I have felt lost this year. Most, Most days I wake up and I just don't know what to do. Practically, we know what to do. If you're a mother or a father or a leader or a, you have a job with a role, you know what to do practically. But as human beings on the planet right now, when it comes to just being human, if we're honest, most of us are thinking, what the heck is all of this for? And so what do we do when we don't know what to do? We fall into our habits, right? Now, we can fall into good habits or we can fall into not so good habits. We can find ways of coping and existing and surviving that can take us down a road to a place that we never really wanted to go by taking on habits that are not helpful for us. Or we can, take on, we can fall back onto habits that produce life in our lives and put strength into our souls and lead us forward all the way through. And the past few weeks, if you've been here, we've been talking about some of these habits or disciplines that are found within Scripture that glorify God, but work for our benefit. And they're found in Acts 2.42. It is an incredible series. I want to encourage you to go and watch it, go and learn, go and teach yourself about things that are going to make you strong for the future. These are disciplines and habits that were given to us by Jesus to help us live in a countercultural way that would produce strength in our lives So when we don't know what to do, we will have something to fall back onto. And the thing I love about Jesus is that He doesn't sit somewhere on a cloud and go, oh humans, live like this. He actually came down to earth, put flesh on, and showed us what it looks like to be human, but to live and be guided by the Spirit of God. He gives us this example and shows us what's possible and there are disciplines that produce life. I wanna ask you what you have done in the past that when you think about it, you go, oh wow, that produced life in that season of my life. There was influence and there was favor and I was happy and fulfilled and content and prospered. I was prospered in that season. Were you going to church regularly, more regularly? Were you finding fellowship with believers intentionally, putting yourself in places where you could gather around the word of God and allow that to sharpen you week in and week out? Were you you taking regular communion? Placing the finished work of Jesus Christ before your eyes every day to remind yourself what you said yes to and the power it holds in your life. Were you part of a Bible study? Were you part of a small group? Were you giving regularly because you believe that that helps you be part of a bigger story? There are habits and disciplines that we adopt as followers of Jesus that we must build into our lives. Not for now. They're helpful now. But they, for one day, when you sit and you think, I don't know what to do. And they will be the very thing that will help you to regain power in your life. So what practices and and disciplines are you building into your life right now? Not necessarily just for now, but for the future. Are they purely physical? Is it all gym related? (laughs) No judging for the gym people, because I could use some of your passion and discipline. I'm getting there. But not, no, I'm actually not getting that at all. I actually need someone to help me. <laughs> Let's just be honest. If we're gonna call a spade a spade, I'm nowhere near there. Anyway, are all of your habits purely mental? You're spending all of your time focusing on your mental health. Perhaps all of your habits are f- financially related, like all of the things that you do are for that like bank account to look like X or the future to have this kind of budget spreadsheet thing. <laughs> you can tell that's also not my strength. That's why I married Dylan. Are your habits purely relational and most importantly, do you have any habits that are spiritual in nature that are of the utmost priority in keeping your soul strong and healthy? I wanna talk today about a discipline, a habit, this idea of thanksgiving. That and celebration, that is a discipline given to us by God that is powerful, it is a secret weapon, a way of God that we can fall back on when we don't know what to do. So how have I faced this, year? how have I faced a great loss in my life? I don't know all of the answers to that, every day is an unfolding journey of grieving, and I've, and I've come to realize it is a holy thing and I'm not rushing out of it, however, There has been something that I've realized as I look back over this year that's helped me along the way. What have I done? What do I do when I don't know what to do? I get up every day. I show up regardless of how I feel. I arrive with all of my sorrow and pain, and I declare with my presence, oftentimes with my voice, with my hands and with my heart, sometimes with a whisper because I can't get it out, Oftentimes, it's a holy roar when I'm driving around Belito that this is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. I will rejoice. I may not feel it. Truthfully, oftentimes we don't feel it, but I refuse to be led by my emotions. I will allow them to show me things about myself in the period of time I'm in and the season I'm in, but I will not be led by them. And so I will rejoice, because this is the day that the Lord has made. He's given me another day. He's given me another opportunity, another moment. And truthfully, if we want to go down to the the base of it all, His goodness and kindness has been so evident in my life. I cannot but give glory to Him, because He rescued me and He gave me a future once I was dead, and now I am alive. There's always reason to praise. There's always reason for me to sing, and there's always reason for me to celebrate. So I will rejoice and be glad in Him, even though my circumstances are difficult. And you know, this ability to give thanks and to celebrate, it didn't just happen in 2022. I didn't just wake up in this lemon difficult year and go, okay, now I'm going to cultivate gratitude, thanksgiving and celebration in my life. I'm gonna do this right now. No, I didn't do that. Celebration and thanksgiving have been woven in and through my life for the past decade where I believe God gave me a revelation of gratitude and thanksgiving and praise and the power it holds as a discipline almost 10 years ago. And I'm so grateful he would do that, not for that moment, but for today. Amen? And oftentimes, learning this discipline has been very inconvenient and very, very difficult as I've learned and as the Holy Spirit has guided me in learning what it means to participate in this discipline of celebration. So let's talk about what it means to celebrate. I like to call it the art of celebration. The moment you put discipline in front of everything, anything, everyone's like, oh, discipline. So it's the art of celebration. I truly believe Thanksgiving and celebration should mark the life of every believer. To celebrate means to acknowledge a significant day, an event, or activity, to honor or to praise publicly. Celebration is powerful. To give thanks, even when it makes no sense, is what sets us apart. And it is a weapon to the enemy of our souls. And it is our strength. And this is what I know to be true in my own life. Our circumstances don't need to be good. We don't necessarily need to feel happy or things aren't perhaps easy or straightforward for us to be able to celebrate and give thanks. Because we don't give thanks for our circumstances, although we can, we give thanks in our circumstances. It's different. To celebrate and give thanks means to acknowledge the good. And the truth is, as believers, as people who are followers of Jesus, disciples of Christ, we always have something to be thankful for. This year, I lost my dad on on a Monday morning and on the Saturday, I needed to be at my, I was invited to be at my brother-in-law's wedding. And so many people came to me and said, you, really, you don't need to feel pressure to go. And they released me, they said, you don't need to be a part of this. I know how incredibly hard this moment is. But the problem was, is I really did want to be there because I knew the beauty of what a wedding is. It's the start of something amazing. It's, it's a celebration that I wanted to be able to look back on in time and say I was a part of that. Was it easy and straightforward to be there? No. Am I superhuman? No. Do I have feelings? Yes. Was it painful? Very. But the thing is, I know the power of celebration, and I believe that I could acknowledge the good even amidst the shock and distress and trauma of a sudden loss, and that somehow, even though it felt impossible that time, joy and sorrow could coexist. At Link, we say this often, what's celebrated gets repeated. Why do we say this? Because celebration reinforces the things that we value. And as we celebrate what we value, we call forth more of that very thing into this place. So here at Link Church, we celebrate vision. Why? Because we value it, we believe in it. We, it in, in the very core of who we are is this belief that without vision we perish and God wants to move us forward from glory to glory. And so we must put that at the forefront of who we are. And so we celebrate it. Vision Sunday is the biggest Sunday of our year. Because we believe what's celebrated gets repeated, and we want to celebrate what we value so it's reinforced and called forth to more. We celebrate the Word here. We've given away over 300 Bibles. Why? Because we believe in the Word and its power to transform our lives. And so we want to make sure that every single person who walks through this door has the Word in their hands so that your life can change day by day, little by little. We value worship and family. And so we celebrate these things because we believe in them and we want to call forth more of it in this place. Amen. Do you get it? Yes, you get it. In our home, we celebrate a lot. My family will tell you, I like to take moments. We love a birthday and a pancake Saturday and any moment to just go, yay, this is a day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it, and we must eat cake and we must do fun things because Life is worthy of celebration, and if you're in our home for more than five minutes, you'll hear often, good job. Wow, look at you. Celebrate your sisters with your words. Because we believe in celebration. We believe that it reinforces what we value, and what's celebrated gets repeated. Celebration is the key to building healthy habits. Amen? So actually, let this blow your mind. The very thing you need to help you build the disciplines and practices that will keep you strong in the future is this ability to celebrate those things. Celebrate every time you make space to be with God. You know, it would be amazing if more Christians would walk around going, I had a quiet time today, instead of, oh, I've had a quiet time in like six weeks. Celebrate every time you read the word and see Jesus. When you see Jesus come alive on the page, celebrate it. I just saw you. It's amazing. Thank you. Because what's celebrated gets repeated. Celebrate the fact that you prioritize church as a family. Celebrate it. Celebrate your growing prayer life. Celebrate when you practice communion. I think, maybe don't quote me though, Maybe we'd follow Jesus with more joy if we approached these practices with less condemnation and more celebration. Amen? Amen? Psalm 18 is a clarion call. That means it's loud and clear and concise. It is a clarion call to celebrate and give thanks. He says, oh, give thanks. It starts, oh, give thanks to the Lord. And then it ends with the same statement, oh, give thanks to the Lord. This is an emphatic statement. It means it's a command communicated in a clear way so that people would take note of it. Oh, give thanks to the Lord. And you know, it's easy to read the psalm, to pick it up and read it and go, wow. This psalmist was in a great space. He clearly had all the things going for him, all the favor, all the goodness, because wow, he can celebrate a lot. But the truth is, this person who wrote this psalm, we think it might be David, but they aren't sure, he tells us that life is not easy for him. In verse five, he says, I'm hard pressed on every side. In verse six, he says he fears for his life. In verse 11, he says he's surrounded by enemies. Verse 12, he says he feels like he's being chased by bees. In verse 13, he says he's pushed back and about to fall. And in verse 18, he says he's being chastened by the Lord. That doesn't sound like the best kind of day, or the best season. (laughs) I don't know about you, not good. And yet, in the very same Psalm, he encourages his own soul by celebrating what God can and will do. Verse five, he brought me to a spacious place. Yes, I'm hard pressed, but he brought me to a spacious place. Yes, I'm surrounded by enemies. Verse six, but he is with me and he has helped me. Yes, I am being chased by bees, but God is for me. He is my salvation. Amen. It can be both. It can be both. We don't have to be dishonest or sugarcoat our circumstances to be able to praise God but we can always give him praise regardless of what we're going through. Give thanks to the Lord is a call to this psalmist's own heart and to those around him to a posture of thanksgiving and praise. In the Hebrew language, that word thanks is a word yada. and the amazing thing about the Hebrew is so clever is they, they describe their words, or they give layers of meaning to the words by giving them pictures, putting pictures, attaching pictures to the words. And this yada is a picture of an open hand. And it literally means to throw up praise. Give thanks. Throw up praise. And then, as you unlock and go further and deeper into the layers of meaning of that word, yada, it means to shoot out arrows. So when we praise God, not only are we throwing up praise to Him, we're shooting out arrows. To who? The enemy of our souls who wants to keep us stuck in our circumstances, our eyes on the ground, hunched over when God has called us in every season of the soul to stand upright because of what Jesus accomplished for us at the cross. Amen? Thank Giving thanks, celebrating is not just something humans do because we're told to, because you we think perhaps God wants more glory and more honor. No, he invites us and invites us to participate in a discipline of celebration because he knows what it does for our own hearts and what it will do to the enemy. Praise is your greatest weapon. It is your greatest weapon of defense as you walk through this earth. And so, you know what, I, I think this year, I often talk about myself like this, I'm like, I am formidable to the enemy this year because I've been throwing out arrows of praise every day just to make it through. This is the day that the Lord has made and I will rejoice and be glad in it. Some very clever people, scholars who study the word, have figured out that Psalm 118 is in the perfect middle of the Bible. I know, (laughs) some people have a lot of time to do amazing things. (laughs) How amazing. I would love that job. Anyway. Central to everything, central, literally central to everything that we read and experience in and through scripture is this truth. We are invited every single day, regardless of our circumstances, to participate in a way, a discipline of God called celebration and thanksgiving. The middle places and seasons of life can be really difficult. They're often described as the wilderness, the waiting ground. And I believe some of you this morning feel like you're sitting right in the very middle, waiting, waiting, and waiting for breakthrough. Trusting, giving, hoping, grieving. And yet right in the middle of your circumstance, right where you're at, is this clarion call to give thanks and watch God come through. If you read in verse 13, he says this, you push me violently, that I might fall, but the Lord help me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. I wanna say to you this morning, you may feel like you're about to fall. Your feelings are valid, like you cannot wait any longer, but Psalm 121 tells us He will not let your foot slip. He will not let your foot be moved. Call out to Him today, even in your distress, even in your weariness, even in your God, I don't know what to do in this moment. Call on him because he who watches over you, he does not sleep and he promises you that he will not let your foot slip but he will be faithful to you. The thing I love most about God is that he's not a man that he should lie and he is faithful first and foremost to himself. Every promise that he gives us within scripture is backed by his name and he is faithful to his name. We can trust him. You can trust him today with your middle You can place your hope and even the little faith that you hold in Him. And for some of you, you're like, I don't even know what faith is. I don't even know how to have faith for my circumstances. And I want to read to you this excerpt from Anne Foscombe's blog, and I thought it would be so helpful for some of us this morning. Faith is confidence in the kindness of God no matter the confusion or the circumstances. And because God is kind, there is 100% confidence that even in the confusion of the circumstances, God is for you, he is with you, he is carrying you, he is using all things to make you more like Jesus and he is absolutely, entirely, 100% making a way. Faith is really faith. When we believe God for the unbelievable and though I don't know how today's story will end, I remember faith. And thank God in the middle of the story. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love and his mercy endure forever. Say, endure. Endure. You know, nothing on this earth really endures. Some people can do long endurance races. (laughs) These guys. But even our ability to to do incredible, amazing, physical things on this planet are short-lived. Seasons end, children leave home, (laughs) jobs are lost, (laughs) friendships change course, and people do die. I don't know, until you lose someone, it's weird, you live with this strange sense that maybe life won't end, and then you wake up one day and you realize, wow, people really do die, (laughs) and it's hard but the love and the mercy of God endures forever. Nothing else endures, but the love and mercy of God endures forever. This was amazing news for me. I don't know, I feel like someone should have stood up and clapped in that moment because this means that the present troubles, the hardship, the pain, whatever you may be walking through that is difficult right now, it will also end but the love and the mercy of God will see us through to a day when we will live in a new heaven and a new earth will be established and Revelation 21 tells us that we will dwell with him and he will wipe every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death, no more mourning or pain. We have so much to celebrate and so much to look forward to. I'm living for that day. I am living for that day. The best truly is yet to come. I want to encourage your heart this morning to Corinthians 4. We are hard pressed on every side, but we are not crushed. Perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Therefore, though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs it all. Do you know Psalm 18 shows up in the New Testament four times? It shows up in each gospel, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. As Jesus would enter Jerusalem, it's called this triumphant entry into Jerusalem, the people would put down palm leaves and they would shout, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love and mercy endure forever. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. They had no idea that they were about to see the greatest display of love and mercy for all of time. And you know what? I believe in Psalm 18. The psalmist had a glimpse of that day. It's like God opened a little bit of the treasure chest to show him something that would come, a Messiah who would save them once and for all. He sees a picture of what could be, he sees a vision of what God wants to accomplish through Christ and his response, even in his circumstances which are incredibly difficult, is to lift up praise and thanksgiving and to celebrate. So what's changed for us? Well, we live on the other side of the resurrection. We know what Jesus did. We know that He's finished the great work of salvation. So how much more our response and ability to rise up and respond in faith with celebration and thanks and praise. We haven't only seen a little bit of the vision now, a glimpse, we've seen it come to be. We live with that truth. The word love in this psalm is the word cassette. And it means steadfast, loving kindness. It's, been, it, it's used in the Bible 250 times. Cheset, the loving kindness of God. Some theologians say they believe it's the most important word in all of scripture. Cheset, the loving kindness of God. How is it possible for you and I to live a life of thanksgiving and praise, to establish this discipline in our everyday because of the cheset, loving kindness of God? to see our lives and our stories through the lens of a set love of our Father who would give up what was most precious to Him, who would send to sacrifice His only Son, the thing He most adored, so that you and I could walk in freedom and forgiveness and healing and wholeness and have the promise of eternity with Him. Amen? Amen. I not you to stand. I wanna finish off this morning with a little story, and then we're gonna do something a little different. We're gonna call forth praise in this place. But I have these two frames on my desk, and this year what happened, if you've heard this story before, I'm sorry about that, but is I started this year full of faith, and I believed that God had given me the promi- a prophetic promise from Amos 9, which is a prophetic promise of blessing and favor and influence. And so when I received this, this word and this picture, I was like, yes, I will take it. Thank you, Jesus. And I, I was so excited about this year of blessing and favor and all the things coming my way, you know, like the coins flowing from heaven. You know, you get these pictures in your head. Maybe it's just me, but I was so excited. I printed it and I put it on my desk. I haven't ever done that before, but I wanted to be reminded of, you know, what God had promised me. And about a month later, my dad passed away. And I, one of the greatest wrestles and struggles of this year has been this conversation that I've had with God, like, why, why would you do that to me? Why would you give me this promise that was so clear? and then and then this, And I was so disappointed, so, so disappointed. But this is the faithfulness, and this this is the kindness of God. this is my testimony. You know he he showed me this year. And, she, and you see what happened is then my friends redid my office, as you do, <laughs> while I was away. And they put this picture next to it. And you know, there were weeks so where I actually couldn't, I couldn't look at it. I was like, they can't be, they can't sit next to each other. They don't make sense. But over time, through His faithfulness and His loving kindness and mercy towards His daughter, towards my heart, He showed me, you "No, know, this is not circumstantial. This is my identity as a daughter of God. I am blessed and regardless of my circumstances and my pain and my grief and the things that are so hard, I am blessed. I am His child, He is for me and therefore I have reason to sing and I have reason to celebrate, and I have reason to give thanks every day because this is the day that the Lord has made, and I will rejoice and be glad in it, amen? Amen, we always have reason to celebrate and give thanks. And so today in this place, God, we wanna do just that. We wanna celebrate you, we wanna give you thanks, we want to shoot out arrows towards the enemy, towards every plan to come against your children. We want to lift up praise in this place. We want to lift up praise in this place. And we want to ask you, Father God, as we do that, you would come with said loving kindness, that you would minister to our souls, you would strengthen us from the very innermost parts of our being.